0: Hey everybody, welcome to Performance Anxiety. Thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Mark, and I want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, AKG, for sending us their podcast, our Essentials Kit, with their amazing Lyra mic and the most wonderful set of headphones I've ever used. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, this is the best way to get into it. Anne Hussick is our guest, and she talks about growing up in New York, but missing the entire early New York City punk scene because she went to Miami for college. She joined Band of Susans after being very persistent and almost immediately went on a European tour for six weeks with people she didn't know. She reminisces about playing in an incredibly loud band with four guitars. She eventually left Band of Susans to play with Ronnie Spector, Joey Ramone, and Wicked Wilson Pickett, among others. But she also lost her voice for six years. Recently, she recorded Lulu's To Sir With Love with Bruce Star and the Roulettes, she got the approval of Lulu herself and some other unexpected people. Give Anne a follow at Anne Husick underscore music on Instagram. Follow us at Performance Anx on all the socials. We love coffee from ko-fi.com slash performance anxiety. Merch is found at performanceanx.threadless.com. Rate and review the show and check out the other great podcasts on the Pantheon Podcast Network like Long May You Young, Let It Roll, Highway Hi-Fi. Now let's make some noise for Annie Hussick on Performance Anxiety.
2: Great. Okay, hi. My name is Annie Hussick. I'm a singer, songwriter, guitar player, bass player, percussionist, uh, vocal arranger. I've been in a bunch of bands maybe you heard of. Band Susans, Ronnie Spector, Wilson Pickett, um... And I'm on the Performance Anxiety Podcast. (laughs) That was terrible. I feel like an idiot saying all those bands, so I'm not going to do that. I'll just say I'm here because Mark liked liked Band Susans. And if you want to hear any more, listen to the show. Okay. In this time of COVID, I, I have been a lifelong insomniac. Many times I'll live on three hours of sleep in the middle of the night. Wow. Um, But what I found out during COVID when I was never going out was that what my body actually wanted was to sleep from six to nine and then again from like one to four.
0: Oh, wow.
2: So I was getting not the one to four. I was pushing it from like three to six or something. But so you're. This is during my typical sleep. Oh. Pattern, so I'm, I've had some coffee, you
0: know. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. We, we could have
2: pushed it a little oh, bit. Oh, no, you no, to. no. It's okay. I do. I and, you know, the world is opening up again, so I'm going to... This this uh, luxury of time is over.
0: Yeah, well, that's good and bad, I guess. I mean, I'm glad everything's opening up. I'm, I mm-hmm. hope you can adjust your sleep
2: patterns. <laughs> <laughs> that will never happen.
0: So, I, I first discovered you as part of band of Susans back yeah. when here comes success came out and I worked my way backwards from there. So that's kind of what I'm, what I do with this podcast is to find out, go back to the start, find out how you got into music and how you got to where you're at right now and what you're mm. doing right now. Oh, and so the first thing I usually ask is how did you, get into music in the first place was music a big part of your family life or were you the, uh, the odd one that, that got into music when no one else was into music?
2: Well, I had two older sisters. My middle sister wasn't really a music fan, but my oldest sister was listening to music in the sixties. So we had Beatle records and we had Oh DeVita and things that, I mean, the Beatles, I have a really, really good ear and I was born with it because I could always distinguish the harmonies and I could Ooh. sing them. I could sing the harmonies. Oh,
3: wow. And
2: yeah, so, so bands with a lot of harmony always really attracted me, Bad okay. Finger, Beach Boys, yeah.
0: and the Beatles, the three Bs. <laughs>
2: um, and uh you know, mom had me take piano lessons.
0: Oh, okay, so piano was the first instrument.
2: Yeah, probably um, singing was the first instrument. Oh, okay. Really. But uh, then I took piano. But I didn't really like piano. I didn't want to read music. It was like, I had such a good year that when my teacher would come in, I would kind of like check out what he was doing. And then I would practice it like that all week. Oh, and then wow. he'd come in the next week and he'd say, Annie that isn't right. You didn't read the music. And I'd be like, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Of course I did. You know, I memorized it the way I remembered him playing it. So after a a little while, he just gave up on me happily because I was not interested in playing piano. And then uh, (laughs) I ended up taking guitar lessons when I was nine from my oldest sister, Jody's friend, Leslie Ring, whose brother was in the band that did Amy what band was that
0: oh was that pure prairie league
2: yeah pure, pure prairie league yes Wow. So i took i think i took lessons from her for maybe like a year something like that and she did not teach me to read music okay. she taught me to play chords she taught me finger picking oh wow um we did a lot of folk tunes and I kind of went from there after that. I would listen to songs, and I would—I remember being challenged to figure out something from Tommy when I was about 11. Oh, wow. And so I had to, like, figure out that song. Where's that chord, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. knew, I knew some chords, but how do I play that? I can't play that anywhere over there. <laughs> so right from the beginning, I was challenged with figuring stuff out, which I think really helped in my musical development. And then, I don't know. I heard "School's Out" oh. and that backwards guitar. Yeah. I never really wanted to be a lead guitar player, but that song just was like that. Made me want to play guitar. Yeah. And oh, then, yeah. and then you'll like this. I heard um, "Roundabout" by Yes.
3: Yes. And uh-huh.
2: I said to myself. I want to be able to sing the lead guitar parts because I'll never be able to play them because I was like, you know, kind of a folk guitar player.
0: Right. Oh, my gosh. And so
2: that also influenced my development as a songwriter later and a arranger.
3: Oh, okay. Um,
2: and then what happened? Then <laughs> I went to this really cool... Uh, middle school, IS sixty one in Queens, and it was really arts oriented. And my teachers encouraged me to try out for music and art. Okay. Um, which I did, and I got in. I was a vocal principal, but I had oh. terrible, terrible performance anxiety. Oh. <laughs> which I always called stage fright.
0: Right.
3: Um.
2: So I got out of singing solo. Anytime I could, because if I couldn't, I would just get sick. Oh, I get wow. like literally get sick. Yeah, and if I had to perform in the choir, it was scary, but, but you, I would do it.
0: Yeah, you could hide yeah. a little bit more in that,
2: right? Yeah. It wasn't just me, and I loved the harmony. So you know, there was a couple of reasons there. Yeah, and then um, I. Ended up going to University of Miami in 1977 because it was the one of only two schools in the country that had a music engineering program. Oh wow! Yes, um, this was 1977. I was there until 1980. I missed all the great punk stuff in New York. <laughs> um, I missed the whole thing. Missed the whole thing because oh. I was way too naive when I was in high school to to go out. And then I missed it, but <laughs> I majored in sex, drugs, and rock and roll because I was in Miami in the '70s,
3: yeah,
2: I was and gonna say. I did not listen to disco. But I found all the cool hippies down there. Oh, there you go. And finally, after three years, I dropped out of the, I dropped out of music engineering after two and went into some other program, and then dropped out of that and went into some other program. After. And after three years, I was like, maybe I ought to get out of here yeah. and stop wasting my parents' money. I want to be a musician. I don't need to go to school for that, even though I took amazing programs, you know, vocal classes and percussion classes and theory classes. I never think in terms of theory because I'd have to sit there and figure it all out. It's just it's all about my ear, my golden ear. Yeah. So then let's see. When I was in University of Miami, my friends Russell and oh, my gosh, I forgot his name asked me to sing on a recording. And because oh. it was going to be kind of an enclosed environment instead of being out with everybody, I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. Okay. And we recorded a song they did called Cooler Heads Prevail. And we did it week after week after week after week after week and then I found myself not being afraid to sing in front of people. Ew. So it was the best thing i got out of college yeah. was those like maybe 8 weeks that we worked on that song cuz i got over my stage fright oh, that's and awesome. then i joined a band with my college friends and when that broke up it took me 6 months to realize i could look for another band so i looked in the village voice i got into bill pop and the tapes
0: yeah i saw yeah. that that's that's some interesting stuff yeah
2: Played with him for about a year and a half. But in the meantime, a friend of mine, Chris Gibson, brought a friend of his named Jeff Nockin to CBGB's because they had a band called The Big Picture and Chris wanted me to play in the band. Okay. I took one look at Jeff. I turned around to my friend and I said, Oh shit, I'm in trouble because I felt madly in love with him at first sight. Literally. Oh. Oh. And 30 something years later, He's still my best friend. Uh, We broke up after like eight months or nine months, but he's still my best friend. So, you know. That's awesome. Um, He also was the one that saw the ad in the Village Voice from Band of Susans. And the ad read something like, guitar player wanted for recording and touring, no money. (laughs) And Jeff dialed the number Stuffed the phone in my hand. Oh wow! Yeah, I think this was in 1988, and so I talked to Robert, and I was very nervous because I, you know, a <laughs> band of Susan's. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> Not only did I love their music, I worked with Paige Hamilton.
0: Oh okay.
2: And and when he got into Band of Susan's, so what were you and doing he with Page? anymore. I knew Paige.
0: So what were you doing with him at the time? How did you know him?
2: We worked at the Learning Annex.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Uh,
2: Yeah. I answered the telephone, and I think he did distribution. And he was a really nice guy, and, you know, he was from the West Coast, and he played some jazz guitar, but he got into Band of Susans, a band that I knew, and I was, like, so excited for him. (laughs) So I ended up auditioning for them after (laughs) maybe – either after he left or after Karen left. And I think it was after Karen left. And I, they liked me a lot, but I didn't get in. They picked somebody else. And then a year later, they called me and they said, we decided not to, We they asked me to audition again. Or they, they said, we, we need you to come on tour with us. And I said, I can't do it. So they asked me to audition again. And I did, and I ended up getting the gig. Wow. And I ended up, I was in the band for five years. I recorded several albums, EPs, singles with them, did a lot of touring and it was pretty life changing.
0: Well, I asked Robert if there's anything that I should ask you about anything in particular. And he said, oh, my God. he said two things. He, he said that you were incredibly persistent in your auditions for band of Susans. And He said, ask her how she ended up with a -a one-of-a-kind GNL SC3 to SC1 conversion.
2: Uh, Well, I don't remember being particularly persistent. I just (laughs) maybe called him up a lot and was like, "So you know, you want me to be in the band? But what happened is that when I went for the audition, he wanted me to play a muted guitar, and I had never done it before. Uh. So I went home and I practiced it. And I, I didn't, you know, I learned how to do it obviously at some point. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I just loved the band, and I wanted to go on tour, and I wanted to be in Band Susan's. You know, it was yeah. just like, you know, where was I working at the time? I think, oh, I don't even oh, at the New York Roadrunners Club. No, it was a couple of years after that. So maybe the Learning Annex, maybe some, I don't know, somewhere. Oh no, the doctor. Is that where I was working at the time? Oh, yeah. Oh, doctor, I have to go on tour for six weeks. Ooh. You know, she wasn't too happy about that. But it was just, you know, it was hard. This was being in Europe for six weeks with people you don't really know before cell phones, before computers, before Kinko's. Oh, Like once Kinko's opened, maybe that was the 93 tour. It made it so much easier because there was consistency. Okay. But before that, it was like, let's hope that there's a copy shop because we have to make flyers, we have to send postcards, oh, we wow. have to do this, that, and the other thing. You know, it was really old school.
3: Wow! But I didn't think of again, that.
2: Again, just amazing. We toured with the Mekons. Oh, cool! Yes, that was one of the like, maybe the first tour because we did a show. Once I was in the band, we didn't we recorded and then we didn't play. And I was like, Are we really gonna go on tour? Today? Am I really in the band? Yeah. And then and then finally Robert called me and he's like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do a show in Connecticut and then we're gonna do a show with the Mekons at uh the tramps and then we're gonna go do a tour. So I was like, Okay, yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was really happy it was real. Yeah. The tour in, I mean, the show in Connecticut was funny because we ran out of gas on the way back.
3: Oh, geez. Except we didn't
2: really, we had two gas tanks because it was a big van. Yeah. But nobody knew that. So (laughs) I ended up in a taxi at 3 (laughs) o'clock in the morning. Oh, geez. Um, Anyway, (laughs) um, the second show was with the Mekons and I had to go to work that morning. And I was so nervous, I couldn't even hold a pencil. I'm like, how am I gonna do this show tonight? I can't even hold a pencil. How am I gonna hold a pick? How am I gonna play? <laughs> I was so nervous. And then at four, about four o'clock in the afternoon, it just went, Psh! and I went over to the club and it was just amazing because it was sold out. This was the second show I was playing with uh band of Susans. Wow. The Mekons were fantastic. It was, I felt, really fortunate for the bands that a lot of the bands that we toured with were uh pretty top quality
0: acts that's awesome i wish i'd never gotten a chance to see ben and susan's live and i'm uh, so annoyed that i I just (laughs) i i caught on too late
2: have you seen the uh videos on youtube there's one from germany i think
0: i see I, i may have seen that one um i think uh robert may have directed me to that one i did see the one i was watching the one today of, of you guys in the studio during uh um, yeah, oh that was that was really cool you don't get to see i didn't that. get to watch it because i i'm so busy these oh
2: <laughs> doing like a million music projects so it's great it's but I, I will watch it
0: that's good yeah well I'm, I'm, i'd rather you guys, you were working than watching youtube but it's really cool it's got a whole bunch of
2: of a a band of susan's nostalgia hour (laughs) before this uh interview and i listened to some songs and i just thought about being on tour with them and recording with them and you know it was really exciting yeah um standing next to robert guitar. Yeah. It was loud, but it was beautiful. It was just like, he just, I've never spent so much time getting my sound. In fact, on on, the, on those shows, I got my sound directly through the amp, I think with a noise reduction unit. That's oh, it. Wow. That's all I used. Wow. I had a tuner and a noise reduction unit. And he had these effects that Nicholas Collins had built. and. Wow he spent a lot of time tweaking stuff and it sounded great. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it was, it was, uh, it was a treat and an honor.
0: I loved, like I said, I had to go work my way backwards. And one of the things I like, uh, I love a good cover song and band of mm-hmm. Susans did two of my favorites of all time and you're on them and it's Paint It black. that version of paint it black and guitar trio (laughs) guitar trio is so intense i absolutely love that song difficult to do maybe not with Guitar Trio but when you're recording and, and whether you're writing or playing live is it difficult to be in a band with three really loud guitars and that doesn't I'm not even talking about the bass there's so you basically have four guitars oh. in the band
1: I think
2: if it was now, I wouldn't be able to do it because my ears sustained way too much damage over the years. But back then, I was pretty much the only one wearing anything in my ears, and I would just stuff tissues in because it cut the high end. No, it was glorious playing with with that. Doing Guitar Trio, we put... Everyone into a trance, and I, we would do it last. And I always thought we should do one more song to wake everybody up because they had to drive home. <laughs> you know? A lot of these shows were not in the city, right? Um, so, but doing guitar trio live was astonishing because you you just went into a trance, and because the guitars were so loud, there were these phantom melodies and sounds being generated. Yeah, and it was transformative and hypnotizing and it was beautiful and we couldn't have made that happen any other way you couldn't write that right you didn't know what was going to happen it was just in the moment it was you know how the room was shaped and how many people were there yeah and just the interaction of everything so it was very creative on that level even though we had our parts we played our parts but it was always in the moment. It wasn't like nobody was phoning it in. You know? right. And if you're doing that stuff in the moment, it's super exciting. Oh, you know? So it was, uh, it was a real joy to participate in that.
0: Well, I think Here Comes Success is probably one of the, if not the most underrated album of the 90s. I mean so sweet. <laughs> it's, seriously, you've got songs like Hellbent, uh, Elizabeth Stride in the Eye of the Beholder, mm-hmm. as luck would have it. Everything is just so dense. <laughs> That's what I was craving at mm-hmm. that time. I just wanted the, the thickest sound I could find. And, and I mean, Band of Susans was it. What else did you listen to? Oh, uh, back then I was huge. I loved uh, Verve. Big mm-hmm. Verve fan. Before they added the definite article. So A Storm in Heaven and A Northern Soul are my two favorite Verve albums. But Slow Dive. Uh, I listened to a lot of... Uh... Back then I liked Tool... At this point, a lot of what Tool has done sounds like everything they've already done mm-hmm. to me. So I'm a little tired of Tool, but back then they were still cranking out some right. really heavy, unique stuff. Obviously, Helmet, um, mm-hmm. Dinosaur Junior. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I I love the the heavier stuff and the more unknown or, or obscure, the better. So <laughs> so me and my buddies would always get together and we'd. Bring CDs, have a party, throw some stuff on, and I'd throw Band of Susans on, and one okay. of two things would happen: everybody would either just go, "This is crazy," or like, "What? What is going on?"
2: Right, but just think, if Band of Susans wasn't obscure, would you have ever found us?
0: I don't. You know what? I'm not. That's a good question because what actually drew me in wasn't even really I. I didn't hear the album at all. It mm-hmm. was the cover. Because it it had a '66 Marlin <laughs> on the cover, and that's one of my uh-huh. favorite cards of all time. Uh-huh. And then that's
2: really great. And, I bought albums because of the cover, <laughs> and that turned out to be favorites.
0: Yeah, and and then the Now EP with the uh, it's, it's like a '33 yeah. Ford Bonneville yeah. Salt Flat racer on it, and that beautiful black and white. Image. I mean, it's. I saw them at the same time, and I because I was at some record store, and I picked up Here Comes Success, and then I'm like this is incredible. And I went back and I got now, an and then they kept going back and further and further veil. And, and you guys hooked me with, with the, the cover art first. That's excellent. My, uh, my friend
2: Jeff, the one I told you about, mm-hmm. did the photograph on the Word in the Flesh.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> the, the guitar. Style. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was, that was amazing. I love... Okay, now this is, this is going to be sound weird maybe but I was a photographer for years from like early I went to college for it from like 91 until let's see when my kids were born it was uh till about 2003 mm-hmm. and I've gotten back into it in the past few years but since I have a day job I do I, I do the photography that I want not something mm-hmm. I have to do to pay the bills right. and so I do a lot of up until the pandemic a lot of shows a lot of music events and all and one of the things I like to do is to get a close-up of the guitar, whoever's playing the guitar, because of that album and My Bloody Valentine, right. Loveless. And
2: we came out before My Bloody Valentine. That's right. But I love My Bloody Valentine. <laughs>
0: yes. Oh, gosh. So do
2: That's I. the loudest show I ever saw. Oh. I knew their music so well, and I could not distinguish one song from the next. And I had my earplugs in there
3: you
2: know it was just like uh, it was like unnecessarily loud i'm yeah. sorry like what joy is there in that it's I, an
0: assault i've heard that i've heard i've heard that swans are similar where yeah. it's just and and i haven't seen my bloody valentine or swans live but i did see right. ministry and same thing i i've i don't know much ministry but i I couldn't tell when one song, ended. the uh, only thing I could tell was they, at one point they did a cover of Supernaut. Uh-huh. And that was the only thing I could recognize. And we were outside too. Yeah. And I had to hold my ears. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Oh my God. It was an outdoor show. I would
2: get, you know, I went to a lot of concerts in Madison Square Garden when I was a teenager, you know, yeah. all the arena rock bands. They were, or the bands I was listening to. I did not like punk until 1987. (laughs) And then I ended up performing with Joey Ramone, so it was just a good thrill, you know?
0: How did that happen?
2: Well, through lots and lots of twists and turns, I ended up in Ronnie Spector's band.
1: Yes. Right
2: in my lap. It was a, thank you. (laughs) Um, uh, And Ronnie was working with Joey. So I got into her band in 99. So from 99 to 2001, or maybe the end of 2000, I don't know. Yeah. We did many shows with Joey in 2001. We did a bunch of shows
0: together. It was really fun. And you ended up, you, I mean, you played on on Ronnie's album, The Last Rockstar? Yeah, I'm on,
2: I think I sing background vocals on three songs on Last of the Rockstars. Okay. And also on the, couple of the tracks that I'm on is Keith Richards
0: yes I so, wanted to ask you about that oh
3: my god I don't
2: You yeah. know, it's, it was a, always a thrill to sing with Ronnie. Yeah. You know, every time we sang her songs, it was like, you know, a little <laughs> chill. And I was not a ronettes band growing up. Oh, really? I, yeah, I didn't listen to that. I listened to like the Beatles and I didn't listen to doo-wop and girl groups. It wasn't my thing. Okay. Um, but of course, once I got into the band, I was like, you know, I learned
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: everything. It was like, oh my God, this stuff is great. And then she did the show, um, Beyond the Beehive, where she talked about her life. And it was just an amazing story, you know. And she's, I read her autobiography. Yeah. And it was, qu- it was quite a tale. So it was an honor to do those songs, you know, that, that are timeless in my estimation. Although oh, gosh, yeah. the kids of today don't seem to be listening to music that, where they'll appreciate anything
0: like that. I know, I agree. It, right now, I think music generally is becoming more of a passive thing. Because when I was a kid, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I would get an album, LP, CD, didn't matter. I, I was opening it, I was reading the liner notes, reading lyrics, finding who the band thanked, who. the the producer and the engineers. I didn't even know what they did, but I wanted to Mm -hmm. know who was doing everything on it. Mm -hmm. And you you don't get that anymore. You can't, you don't get all that information on just a download. Right. It's, yeah, that's true. It's just a, it's a huge shame, I think, but. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. I actually, well, I guess the, the the question I was I was going to get to before I sidetracked myself here was I know on a lot of albums where they have guest, guests appear on them, the main band doesn't really work with that guest. They'll they'll record it elsewhere. Or did you actually ha- get to work with Keith? No. Ah,
2: <laughs> I worked with in Daniel Ray Studio. Me and Trisha Scotty okay. were there that day doing the folk, background vocals together.
0: Man. I do like that album a lot. I was listening to it. Uh, yeah, I like it too. I,
2: I think... read some bad reviews, and I'm like, get over what? it. You know, Dude. she's not the Ronettes; she's Ronnie Spector in 2000 and what eight, you know, yeah. nine
0: or whatever year it was. Oh, well, the, some of the songs are great. Like, like "Never Gonna Be Your Baby" is just—I yeah. love yeah. that riff. I mean, that, we used to do that live. That was really exciting. I love it. that's that's a really rocking riff. That is really great. <laughs> wipe my face every morning Wet thoughts of you in my head I'm not ashamed to tell you But I fear
3: what lies ahead It smells of crime, it smacks of sin I give a little more each time I give in
0: That song just on a lot of levels you know just the title never gonna be your baby mm-hmm. after be my baby is just i love
3: right.
2: it <laughs> yeah, i can't remember who wrote that one it's in the notes. i can't find my copy of the cd
0: oh no <laughs> i have to order it oh man well while we're while we're here talking i'll look it up real fast oh, but dude. um cuter yeah <laughs> this you know some of the technology is helpful
2: i well, don't know how to get Anything organized. I do these shows I started doing these shows in England on Facebook Live. Okay. So you perform for yourself but you're you're in their context and they post your video.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: And I still haven't figured out how to do that with my computer over here and this over here. I don't know how to keep my computer on without (laughs) it going off. I can do it to my phone, but not my computer. And it's just I am not a technological genius. I've never used... I'm such a throwback. I've never used MIDI. Oh, wow. I don't really use effects. And that's because I'm a lover, you know, because of being in band Susans. Yeah. You know. Now I'm playing acoustic. I've had several bands myself. I had uh, an acoustic vocal duet with this girl, Jeannie. It was called Space Girl. And oh, I worked with this guy, Robert Not Watkins, for many years. And we... Where Ann and Not. we were shameless, uh, and he would. Ju- I wrote the songs, and he wrote amazing guitar parts.
0: Oh, nice! To go with my guitar. Is that and anywhere where I could hear that? Because I haven't. I didn't. T- you know what? He just gave me some
2: DVDs, so I'm going to look into getting them loaded into YouTube. Oh, awesome! So I'll let you know when that yeah. gets done. Yeah, please. It's on the list. <laughs>
0: so. I understand. I'm up at
2: the camp this summer. I go to the lake for the summer.
0: Oh, nice. Now
2: that I'm working again finally after all, all these
0: crazy covid months. Oh God. Oh, I did want to ask you a, a couple other questions about Band of Susans mm-hmm. before we move, move on, on here. Were you into the avant-garde rock scene beside outside of Band of Susans? Was that something that that you were Working well, on... I
2: liked the fall and tuxedo moon and sonic youth and Cocteau twins. Yeah, I was a big fan of this DJ Delphine Blue. She's still on, I think, FMU on Fridays from six to nine. And I know wow. I know her now. When I met her, I was like, Oh my god, you created the music that i loved you know you you oh, made me awesome. lo- you played all these so- songs for me so i did i wasn't i didn't know reese chatham i didn't you know wasn't into that whole thing and so i guess yes and no
0: yeah <laughs> i can understand that
2: yes and no. so all right so i like weird music but i wasn't into the that specific
0: so you yeah you weren't so you like you said you weren't into Reese or, or like Glenn Branca or any, that wasn't no okay
2: I didn't know those guys I didn't know them until Robert played me guitar trio or oh. maybe you know when I read some press and he had talked about them
0: and Robert did mention this and I did want to ask he said ask and how she ended <laughs> up with that G&L guitar
2: oh that G&L guitar well I had a black Stratocaster, a 1977 Strat, and it was the worst guitar in the universe. It (laughs) weighed 400 pounds and it had zero sustain, and Robert wouldn't let me play it in the band. So I played his his, red, he had a blue guitar that I played, and I played this guitar in the band. And he ended up selling it to me and I was ever so grateful and I have played it ever since. And I've been in a whole, you know, you, I also owned his G, his L1000 bass. Oh, And Susan played in band, Susans. So that I played in a million bands because I play guitar in my band and just a couple bands, but I play bass in everybody's band. Okay. Um, so I love GNL and a huge GNL proponent. I am not a gearhead in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I have one electric guitar. Oh, no, I have two. I have a Gibson that I don't play very often because my boyfriend plays it. <laughs> he's perfect. It went back and forth between them. It's really mine, but it's kind of his also. <laughs>
3: um,
2: so I'm happy with the g I love it. I love it. So what and makes- I went from playing 11s in Band Susans because I used to break sh- strings all the time. Now I play 10s. Okay. I play 13s on my acoustic, and now I play 12s. You know, it's, I'm in my 60s, so th- my fingers aren't quite as uh, agile. I Thank God I don't have any... Uh, any arthritis or anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: so
0: I'm still playing constantly. So, all right. So I've got a question. And not being a gear, I'm hoping you can answer this then. Maybe. He said that that GNL is a one of a kind SC3 to SC1 conversion. And yes, I don't know what it, that means.
2: It had three pickups in it originally. Okay. The SC-1 had one pickup, the SC-2 had two pickups, and this was an SC-3. And it had no finger, no uh, kick guard. So he removed the bridge and the middle pickup and left the base pickup. I think that's how it
3: is.
2: (laughs) 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 Sorry, Robert. (laughs) you. (laughs) Um, You can't see me. I'm making a little heart. And so now it's only got one pickup. So I have nothing to think about. Actually, it's the, it must be the uh, treble pickup because it's, it's toward the floor that I keep the, the toggle switch. But it's a beautiful guitar. I've taken terrible care of it, but it's mine and <laughs> I love it. And Joey Ramone signed it. Oh, wow. I we, we did a Christmas show together at Life. And he signed my guitar, good luck, Jay Ramone, 99. <laughs> oh,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, so man.
2: it means a whole lot to me.
0: That's wonderful. So yeah. when did you start playing bass?
2: Well, I guess I played bass in one of Latch's bands, which was not really anything, but in I, oh, I did a show with Tom Goodkind. My roommate was on, well, I was on tour and my roommate was home and Tom called for a stage manager. So my roommate ended up doing it. He had wanted me. And then in 93, Tom Goodkind called for my roommate to play bass and he was out of town. So I ended up doing it. So that was my <laughs> first gig and it was a big deal. I think it was at St. Mark's Church, maybe. Oh, yeah. Something, it was some, some celebration and then i got into this band siberia in 96 and that was really where i had to get my act together because their producer was a tyrant tyrant (laughs) like old school music business screaming i had to learn someone else's bass parts oh wow and if i made a mistake i got yelled at
3: oh
2: so it was not Good for my something, but it was good for my playing the long run.
3: Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
2: it was miserable, but I love the band. So it was it was a creepy uh, noir rock and roll band.
0: Oh yeah, I've got to Siberia. look at Siberia. Yeah, we
2: did a little bit of touring.
0: Discogs, which is one of my go tos to find out you know related bands to, to my guests. Mm-hmm. They don't have half of this stuff on there. This is
2: I know. I have nothing. I've never I am I need a a manager or a press agent or a secretary or someone who would take care of all of this in my life because I have failed <laughs> miserably. <laughs> I failed at that, but I've had a really excellent career in music, I have to say. I have I, to say and I through Ronnie, I got to play
0: with Wilson Pickett. I wanted to ask you about that for sure. Okay. How did you get hooked up with Wilson and and what was it like Um, touring with that legend like that?
2: Well, there was a gentleman named John Tiven and he wrote a song for Ronnie and he came to see us at the Christmas show at the bottom line in, I guess it was 99. Was it a Christmas? God, it must have been an early Christmas show. And then he asked Trisha Scotty and I were singing background vocals. He asked us if we wanted to do a show with Wilson Pickett at Irving Plaza that was going to be taped for the movie Only the Strong Survives. Only the Strong Survive. And we were like, yes, please. (laughs) So then they asked us if we wanted to do Letterman the next day. Oh. And yeah, of course we did. (laughs) So we did we did the show at Irving Plaza and it was plenty weird boy I'll tell you really fun still like you know a real honor to work with a legend like that yeah it was like Wilson Pickett holy moly you know and he was fantastic he was just great you know and then the next day we did the Letterman show and that was probably one of the most fun days of my life because Everybody that worked for David Letterman was really nice because I think they were treated well and they loved their jobs and you know they weren't stressed out. They were just doing their work and they were so great. And yeah. then we got to sing. Uh, we did only only the strong survive. And Wilson took it was on fire. If you ever see it, that is on YouTube. he's just like (laughs) prowling around the stage you know we're in the background doing our little thing you know um and it was really that was great and then we went to the rock and roll hall of fame for new year's eve it was y2k oh and we sang at the rock and roll hall of fame and it was great but there was you know weirdness with within the band and Trisha and I shortly thereafter decided that we didn't want to do it anymore, so we left the band, and it was a great experience. I'm really grateful that I got to do it. I got to meet D.A. Pennebaker because he produced the movie. Oh, I got cool. to work with Eddie Kramer in the studio. Um, oh, wow. Because he... he, he you know, we did some of the vocals from the live show to go into the movie. Okay. And these are like cream of the crop human, humans who are doing this work. And it was uh, really, really an honor to work with them. So so that was my uh, Wilson ticket. And then I went on to do Headway and the Angry Inch. Because yes. the bass player in Ronnie's band... Although I played bass, I was her utility gal. I played guitar, percussion, harmonica, um, and sang. So this guy, Jeremy Chatsky, he was the lead, the bass player in Hedwig in New York at the Mm Jane Street Theater. And he needed, I heard him him on the phone going, I need a sub, and I was like, I'll do it. (laughs) So I ended up being a sub for that show. And then I also did, was in the cast in Chicago, Oh, cool. For a for a couple of months. And that was really exciting. We built the show up and the theater from scratch. Wow. So I got to see how the lighting was put together and staging and the, you know, how they were running the whole thing. So that was real exciting also.
0: Oh, that's awesome. You did a couple of things that I thought were really interesting. I guess fairly recently. You were involved in a Neil Gaiman documentary and you also were a part of a film called revenge of zoe how did you get involved in wait what was the second thing you said uh revenge of zoe
2: oh i'm not involved that's my best friend jeff Uh jeff grew up in england and was went to school with neil gaiman and they did their first cartoons together. They were in their first punk band together. Oh wow. So I have met Neil on several occasions. And I did have a song in his documentary. Okay. But as far as did I have a song in Revenge of Zoe? I don't I'm, maybe. Jeff produced Jeff Jeff was one of the producers, so maybe I did. I don't I don't
0: know. <laughs> it's under your your you have an IMDB listing here. Oh, and,
2: so I will have to look into that because I might have a song in the movie. It's fo- part
0: of the song. It the says, series. yeah, it's right now, it, I'm looking at it right now. It says Revenge of Zoe Music Department. Okay. And I'm trying to see if I can <laughs> get, I can't get into any. Sorry. Too many
2: i'm not up on these things i'm a a disaster no well we gotta know what people have actually asked me to be their manager which i think is the funniest thing ever (laughs) funniest thing ever because really oh my god i would drive you into the ground in months you know even if you've been together for 60 years
0: (laughs) Um, you're also part of the last jerry lewis telethon
2: I was part of the last Jerry Lewis telethon. Um, I was singing with Ronnie Spector. Okay. we we did that that was a real honor he was was Jerry there no Jerry Lewis was not there that year um I think Tommy James was there oh wow and oh gosh I can't think of this guy's name I can see his face sorry sorry (laughs) Sorry, guy my brain is uh not what it used to be (laughs) well you know I (laughs) not my brain is not what it used to be i've just done a lot of things over the years. yeah um
0: it's hard to keep track of it all i'm sure
2: yeah um we did that what else did i do i was on jimmy fallon with ronnie also oh cool and um we did we did the christmas show we did their christmas show and we got to play with the roots which was just another super honor like yeah. all of these things were just not taken for granted in any way, you know, they weren't like, oh I got to do that. It was like, oh my God, I got to do that. Yeah. So <laughs> it, you know, makes my heart beat fast. So you know, I haven't made any money. Nobody knows who I am.
0: I know we are. I had
2: a great career in the music business. For the late for 10 in the nineties, in the late nineties and in the 2010s, I booked a club called Sidewalk Cafe. Okay. By the end, I was doing, for the last several years, I was doing four nights a month, and a lot of the bands that were sort of on the CB's Maxis scene mm-hmm. in the 70s played, you know, all the oldsters, they all played at my club.
3: And Oh, cool. I
2: mean, it was like a party every time, you know, because I didn't, my booking thing was not just to book bands, it was to book a night. So it would always be people. I knew people who knew each other. So everybody would hang out all night long. So it it was really fun. Yeah.
3: That sounds like a Um, blast.
2: I did a show that was Robert and Karen's birthday. And I think Jay, who this guy, Jay, who had been in the band, Jay Braun had been in the band on. Yes. I know Jay. Yeah. He, he played in the band in 95 him and, Kelly Burns played drums in the 95 tour.
0: And then I saw recently you did To Sir With Love with the roulettes. Yes. Tell me about the roulettes because I don't know a whole lot. i discovered that right before we started recording. (laughs)
2: know about the roulettes the roulettes is this woman rue star you should look her up because she is a star i just did a recording session with her yesterday with our friend ray galindo okay. um and rue used to have a show called rue and who which was a weekly wednesday afternoon um interview show and i didn't work on wednesday so i would go see her a lot and i was often the guest or the who. And so we've known each other for quite a long time. And what, wait, what was I talking about? Okay. And it's Milo on keyboard. She was in Utah now. I had just met her and Tammy Johnson on drums. And we did a song, Tour with Love. We recorded it in Baltimore the day that I got mugged and my shoulder got broken. But that's, a, that's, I'll tell you that story after. Okay, um, yeah. Because Rue had, had a conversation with this guy in Canada. Um, Paul Zest, who has a show called The Zest Radio Show, and he asked Rue if she would be interested in recording the song, and he made a pledge to give a dime for every viewing of the show up to 10000 So he would pay up to $1,000 to uh, a hunger organization, Feed the Children. Wow. So... We've gotten a lot of hits, but it's only showing about 3,000 now. So we're hoping to get up to 10,000. We don't know what went wrong or anything. Oh, man. But we got Lulu Blessing. Oh, wow. Via Instagram. Oh, wow. Excuse me. We got the Blessing of the Man Sir's Character was based on. I can't remember his name, but he got in touch with us. Oh wow! And he loved the idea that we were doing it for the benefit of feed the children. And oh my gosh, like to be able to have the blessing of the woman who sang it and the, who the song is based on. Yes, we can't really ask for more than that. So, so it's our one wonder. <laughs> we did do a few shows, mostly with songs from. Rue song. She has like 60 different bands. She plays with a lot of different people. I've played with her (laughs) in a few different iterations and she's just a girl. you know, she's very cool.
0: You've also done a few of your own solo albums too.
2: I have done a couple of albums. They were both were not exactly representative <laughs> of what I was doing.
3: Okay.
2: Um, but they have their charms. I, I will not deny that. Uh, the first one was recorded in, I think, 99 or 97. It was called International Sweetheart right. on Rainbow Courts Records. I am not currently on their roster. And my second record was done, I don't know what year it was, 2016? It's called Insomnia. Yes. And it was on Worldwide Vibe Records. Nature has a plan. I really have no say. Save your anger for the fish. I've just gone insane. I had several bands. As I said, I had Space Girl and Shameless. Um, and I put out, and I guess uh, International Sweetheart, I can't remember if that's under Ann Hussick or Shameless, and I think it's Shameless.
3: Okay. Uh,
2: and then um, Insomnia is under Ann Hussick. Yes. But I've had a couple of bands. Exit 99 that was my most recent band. I had it before COVID and i decided not to continue with the band i decided if i want to do my own stuff i'd rather do it solo right now okay or maybe with my my man partner guy it's our 22nd anniversary yesterday our first wow our first the day the, the first day that we went out i mean the next day was my first ronnie spectre gig so that was quite a weekend
3: wow um,
2: so we've been together 22 years and so, I, I don't know, what do you call him? My boyfriend, my husband, my, <laughs> my thing, my guy, my partner, yeah,
0: you know, yeah,
2: that thing. <laughs> my, so, so, Interstate Johnson, he plays guitar with me. Um, I also, uh, and in that band, um, I had Roger Stoltz on drums and Stu Richards on bass. And I had okay. another band before that called Granny. With Ronnie Wheeler on guitar and Shauna Westgate on slides. Spector's band in 2010, at the end of 2010. And this girl, Jen Elliott, that I had been working with for 10 years and this gentleman, Trevor Lloyd, he had a record label she was on. And I wrote with both of them for a 10 or 11 year period. They both kind of drifted away from me. And Ronnie was drifting away. And it seemed like nobody wanted to work with me. So I sold my bass head. I was ready to just give up. And then I saw Ronnie and Shauna play april of 2011 and i was just enamored and one of my students was asked to play in their band and she would bring their songs to so she will deny this but this really happened <laughs> um that she brought their song to a lesson and asked me to help her work on it but i was so jealous i told her she should quit the band give me the gig and I wasn't going to help her. She has to figure that herself. (laughs) Oh my God. That's how much I love them. Uh, I just went in. That was a little insane and a little insensitive, but as it turns out their bass player left. So both Nancy and I got to be in the band together and she quit after about five years and I left after about six years. It was just time, you know, to move on. Mm -hmm. And Ronnie and Shauna have gone on to have Great bands, Moritau. Um, they play with my boyfriend in a band called Bad Avocado. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ronnie also plays in uh, Bowhead. They're playing at Bowery Electric soon. Oh, cool. And, you know, everybody, I know everybody is doing something right now. So it's really good. I really, uh, for a year, for the COVID year, yeah. I didn't do anything. I didn't write a single song. I didn't play bass. I played wow. guitar maybe 10 times for different online shows that I had to do, but I didn't practice much. I just didn't care about music. I didn't listen to music. Wow. I, I'm so depressed because I lost a whole bunch of people right at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, um, sorry. Alan Merrill and my co-op board president Mel Doby passed away on the same day. Oh, God. Like, oh, my God. So I was lit. But then... I was asked to do a few shows and I saw some friends and I was asked to do a recording session or two. I recorded with this guy, Michael G. Potter a lot. Okay. And, um, and I just recorded with Ray Galindo yesterday, as I said, and I just woke up again. Oh, I started good. clicking my guitar just for fun at home. I started doing these shows with these people in England. I did a bunch of brew shows weekly this year because I I said, I have to get myself back into it. But I think it was more the England shows because they're like real performances. The Rue show was one song at a time and it was a real fun hang you know, with your friends every week. Yeah, And it was still satisfying, but this is like from four songs to a half hour, like six songs, you know, playing your stuff. And I think that all woke me up a lot. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Needed to happen. Yes, Uh, me
0: too. Thank you. Very good.
2: Yeah, I hope that your year was not
0: quite as dark <laughs> it, it was it was uh, my you know it's weird because my year wasn't too different from any other year because i still had to go to work every day <laughs> so mm-hmm. i work for a medical device company in my day job
3: oh my gosh so yeah. I,
0: did, I i was an essential employee and you know until it came yes. time to, for a raise and but that's a whole other story but um i was just going to work every single day the only difference was i had to wear a, a mask to do right, it, right. so um, in fact, I actually, my wife and I, yeah, we had some some uh, casualties. Unfortunately, we actually tested positive for it at at one point, and it was very minimal for me. I mm-hmm. I lost my sense of smell for a few days, and I had a little. Like sinus pressure, headache behind my eyes for like right. two days, and then that was about it. But my wife had some respiratory issues and all, and she had an uncle pass away from uh-huh. uh, from COVID, and uh, my dad got it actually, and uh, he's had, <laughs> he's had a few lingering effects, but he's he's well on his way to recovery. And mm-hmm. so uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, it hit us, but we're we're working through it. I mean, it. it on,
3: yeah, that's on, a lot.
0: We were very fortunate. That we you know we lost. We only, we only lost one family member. So, but yeah,
2: uh, I didn't, I didn't, well, Mike's family, they lost his cousin just a few weeks ago.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. But it just was just like kind of relentless. So I got kind of numb. It's been,
0: yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. And, and, you know, not for musicians and and, and artists not being able to do what you do for a living. It's got, it's (laughs) devastating.
2: I was a booking agent and a musician, so everything just stopped. And like, most of my friends kept going during this. They kept writing, they did shows online. But me and I have two other friends, Ricky Bird, who used to play with Joan Jett, and Binky Phillips from the Planet Planets, we all just shut down, the three of us. And I was, I was very sorry to hear that they did also, but I was also grateful to know that I wasn't the only one yeah, that in, you know, because everyone was like, "Oh, you should be really creative now. You're gonna have all the time in the world." And I was like, "I don't give a fuck about anything." Yeah, <laughs> you know? I've heard I didn't that. To see my mother for 13 months, <sighs> you know, or the rest of my family. Yeah. I didn't visit Mike's family, although he went up there. Um,
0: you know, it's just I've actually heard that from a lot of people. You know, when they right. that they had all these planned when they found out that they weren't going to be doing anything for a long time and they didn't follow through on any of them so you're definitely not alone right (laughs) except
2: the difference is i never had plans Well, i didn't make plans i didn't say i'm going to do this that and the other thing i never said that I, i actually in some ways it's changed me because my life became very meditative it was very immediate Mike was here. He had a full-time job, so he was making money, paying the bills. Unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't qualify for unemployment, and I didn't get any COVID relief money. Um, But he was working, so I was support staff. I cleaned the house, I did the laundry, I cooked the food, I washed the dishes, and he didn't ask me to do that. It's just what I did. It was like it was important for me to do that in the time because. He was contributing and I wanted to contribute. So that was my contribution to our situation. And it was an important one. So I didn't feel an imbalance, you know? Yeah. I felt like. That makes like, sense. Yeah. So in that way, that was good because I didn't have that additional guilt
3: right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> on top of everything else.
3: Right. Um, <laughs>
2: But I'm just glad it really feels over. I've done a bunch of shows. I've done solo shows. I have one coming up at a club on Long Island called Buckley's on the 24th of July. Awesome. Um, right now it's built as a solo show, and I don't know who else is playing that day. But that place is really fun. And the last time I had a solo show, it was really good.
3: Oh, I have to
2: say, I got to make an album just Acoustic album at some point and do it the way I do it, you know, maybe with a little production, some background vocals. I love producing background (laughs) vocals. I've lost my voice for six years. What? What are you? Okay, now (laughs) you're not kidding. You have to explain that. I lost my voice for six years. I think because I was teaching guitar lessons at the New York City Guitar School for eleven or twelve years, and I never got a break. So even if I had a, 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 a tired throat or a sore throat or anything, I just had to push through. Wow. And I think that in combination, I started, you know, I don't know if this had anything to do with it, but I, I do believe that it. I started using saline solution in my nose okay. and it like cleaned out my sinuses and I lost all the architecture in my face
3: oh. and it just
2: like fucked up my vocal cords somehow. I don't, I don't. And I had GERD. <laughs> So it was just like a, what? You know, a, a, a big storm of all kinds of things at once. And I was in Red Gretchen, and I woke up in 2013 one day, and I could, I could, I could sing those notes again because I actually lost notes. There were notes I couldn't even, I couldn't sing in my because my vocal cords would just flap around. Oh my god! Um, and I woke up one day and I could sing, and I put a band together the next day. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, my God, I have all these songs. I've written so many songs for myself. I wrote a lot, a lot, a lot of songs for Jen Elliott. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on City Canyons Records. Yeah. I wrote a lot of songs for Peter Ulrich, who was in Dead Can Dance, and he that was also on City Canyons
3: Records. Okay.
2: Um, I wrote songs for you know and then tons of songs for myself i have so many songs i don't remember them oh Uh, but i've been kind of going back and reviewing stuff lately um which has been a lot of fun oh good but i also um my friend jeff is going to use a band of susan's song in his one of his movies he's a producer as well as like 10 million other things
3: And
2: he called the other day. He's like, I'm so excited. I just listened to the whole band of Susan's catalog. It was great. And so I listened to The Word in the Flesh today, and it was really fantastic. In fact, I think I even put it on Facebook. One of the only albums I listened to during COVID was a band of Susan's record. And I just, like, sat in my chair and rocked. You know, for 45 minutes or however long it was. It was great, and it just brought back a lot. And so I want to listen to all the band of Susan's catalog, too, because I love it.
0: Oh, I do, too. It's Thank you for
2: uh, bringing back so much nostalgia uh, in my brain. I'm so happy. Eating Chinese food in Prague. (laughs) Oh, no, that was in Belgium. (laughs) That was in Belgium. (laughs) To Susan getting um what is it called and they put that yellow thing on your tire
0: oh they 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 uh booted yeah. they
2: put the boot on your tire. and she talked the cop out of it he uh, took it off it was just you know one of the most amazing <laughs> things ever
0: oh man
2: yeah and we played with this band ac temple we toured with them in england and they were fantastic And we did a festival in Switzerland at Lake Zug that they invited us to in the last moment. And it was just the most glorious day. And I drank like half a bottle of scotch on stage because it was so hot. And I didn't get drunk at all. It just evaporated. It was just the only liquid I had. Oh, my Uh, God. I'm not kidding. I didn't get drunk at all. It was the weirdest thing. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. And just like the... And Maureen Tucker were on that. And, you know, that was just super fun. Oh, wow. You know, we just had a lot of adventures over the year. I got to see all over America. I traveled all over America. The band Susans. I've been everywhere for four states.
0: All right, so which ones are you missing?
2: Hawaii. Alaska. And North and South Dakota. You know, I should have been able to pick those out. Because they say that... North Dakota is the least visited state, and I have to admit that it is also one of mine <laughs> that I have not been to. I'd love to go there
0: though; oh, I just haven't had a chance. See, I would go there. I would have to bring my camera. Me too. I, I love taking pictures. Oh man, are you on any social media platforms where people can follow you besides Facebook?
2: I'm on Facebook and. I am a poor contributor to Instagram, I have seven whole photos up there, and I put them up because I was doing a show at Bowery Electric, and they were like, what's your Instagram address? So I was like, ooh, I have an Instagram address.
0: <laughs> Quick, let me so start one. <laughs> it's
2: just Husick underscore music.
0: Okay. Is it, was there a favorite Band of Susan's tour or memory that, that you have that, from touring with them?
2: Oh, gee.
0: that's always a tough one.
2: Climbing around at Suquaro National Park, hiking in all black. All of us are all wearing black. (laughs) 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 Pretty pretty humorous. Yeah. And this is a negative, positive memory, just like we used to put negative reviews in our press kit because they were so funny. (laughs) We played in L.A., (laughs) That's where our record label was, but they didn't invite anybody. And we started off with this song. I can't remember what the name of it was, but we farmed it pretty hard. And we just all turned around and went, oh, my God. But it was just a moment, you know, shit like that. You know, you have to remember it fondly. I have to remember that fondly. I can't be embarrassed by it. And it really, it was what they deserved at the time. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. But I made a lot of friends. I'm a terrible friend, so I haven't kept in touch with a lot of people because I've been in so many situations since then that I have one friend here and one friend there and one friend here. Like, you know, I keep in touch loosely with Robert and Mark and Ron, and much more loosely to Susan, although I love her and respect the hell out of all the work that she's done yeah. over the years, um, she's really dug into her art, which is a beautiful thing.
0: Oh, my dog is going crazy right now. I'm going to have to, hold on a second. My, is it lightning? <laughs> no, my neighbor pulled into their driveway across the street. Oh. My, my dog does not like anybody going in front of our house oh at all he's he's very protective but once you're in the house he's like hey come on over here here's where all the good right. stuff is so <laughs> but don't walk past the house because he gets really vicious that's kind of weird <laughs> he's uh you know, he's he's a goofball
2: i have a cat and uh, he's so
0: weird yeah. <laughs> fortunately
2: he came out for a pet session about half hour before the call otherwise he would be have attacked me during the call oh no so He's got his time with mommy in yeah. he just requires like five or ten minutes so if i put down what i'm doing just go attend to him then he leaves me alone yeah otherwise he will <laughs> bother me for hours
0: let me see so. here, here let's see if i can there he is oh my hi, puppy so, so he's <laughs> going to the window to see who's who's driving by yeah so he's a good boy though. Mm-hmm. So, so you said you have a couple things, couple shows coming up. Where can people find out about the shows? What, what you're going to be doing as things start to open up? How can people follow you and, and hopefully get a chance they to see can you? go
2: to Ann Hussick music, not Ann Hussick, but Ann Hussick music on Facebook. Okay. Um, because that's my music page and I put up videos of, past performances as they come into my consciousness <laughs> and I will advance my shows there.
0: Okay. Awesome. And then people can go to Instagram and look at your seven pictures.
2: They can look at my seven pictures someday. <laughs> Cause let me tell you, I've had so many gigs. There are times when I had to learn like 60 songs. Oh my God. I'm not kidding. Cause all of a sudden I had four gigs in one week.
3: Oh, you know, wow. stuff like
2: that. And as of yesterday at three o'clock I didn't have a gig tomorrow, but as of four thirty I have a gig tomorrow. So like, you know, oh. a lot of stuff is coming up. I'm gonna have a birthday show at the Parkside Lounge on September twenty fifth. Now I was like I said, I was a booking agent for years and I got my friends and I'm gonna have the best show ever. Oh I'm so awesome. excited.
0: That's I'm so awesome. excited. Well, thank you so much for spending a good chunk of your evening with me this has been a blast i love talking band of susan so this has been wonderful oh
2: thank you so much mark i like i said i've never done a podcast i hope i wasn't boring not at all that that people listen i'll tell people about it i appreciate that when it's coming up and good luck with everything thank you